Hello there. Meaning Anakin Skywalker. No, they didn't see me. Hello there. Hello there. Hello there. Hello there. A Jedi has fallen. The Empire has risen. The fight is done. We lost. A lone Jedi roams. Watching. Hiding. Stay hidden. Protecting. The key. Hunting Jedi. This patience. Jedi cannot help what they are. Their compassion leaves a trail. The Jedi code is like an itch. He cannot help it. Kenobi cast of Sands and Junlin Wastes, a Phantom Awakens Radio spin-off podcast. Welcome to the latest uh, Kenobi cast of Dunes and Junlin Waste. Yeah, I know, it sounds like a Tatooine telenovela, but you know what? Naming these are half the fun. I am your host, David Sinney, your Master of Ceremonies here. And with me to discuss parts five and six of Kenobi, streaming exclusively on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, I'm sure the mouse gets really happy every time a podcast says that. Your friend of mine, all the way on Dagobah, I, I, I mean Florida. But you know what? For reasons we don't like talking about with the state, let's just call it Dagobah for like, a, you know, Star Wars safe place. All right? Let, yeah, it's a safe place. Your friend of mine, Kyle Wagner. Kyle, how's it going? Well, hello there. Hello there. Yes, exactly. Um, we are here to talk to the last two episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi, finally. Yes, 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 finally. Guys, we could have talked about earlier, but you know what? Complications arose. The things ensued. You know, finding time I, is not really a podcaster's best friend, but you I know, blame what? here we are. I blame, I blame the Jawas. Oh yeah, what's that? What's that one that was giving Kenobi crap? Um, uh, Teak. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's always easier to blame the Jawas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always easier to blame the Jawas. You know, when you're cleaning up a kids' movie, we call them children. Something like that. But <laughs> we we have these last two episodes of Kenobi to talk about, and I know that you know all, everybody's seen them by now. Has probably re rehashed them eighteen different ways to Sunday. But 
Oh, I mean, I, I, oh, wait, Star Wars fans do that? Oh, well, you know, on occasion, but... Uh, I, I, yeah. I gotta ask you on these two episodes before we got kind of dive deep into them. Sure. Did the, we knew where we were going with Kenobi. Did, I'm just curious, did these two episodes meet the expectations you had for the last two episodes of this series? Um, uh, yes and no. Yes, as in, with a certain character, uh, part five felt like the conclusion of that. And we'll talk more about that as we go. But with part six, you're like, okay, other than getting Owen and Baru in here, which, which Owen was seeing, but Baru, the two of them together wasn't, other than getting Owen and Baru in before the show wrapped up, you're like, why is is said character doing what said character is doing? Yeah, I I I, I rewatched these before we did this podcast, and I, I have many thoughts on this Obi Wan show. And I don't get me wrong, overall I enjoyed it. Right. But there there's some writing holes in this show that I I you can drive a truck through. Yeah. Oh. A little bit, or let's let's not make a trucker analogy. Let's go. You could you could fly an X-wing through plot holes in here, or uh, more like a blockade runner. <laughs> oh, that a Jawa sand crawler that's stuck in the mud. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. well, let, let let's get into it. Let's start with episode five, sir. Sure. Yeah. So. Again, I, I think everybody knows what's happened in episode five, David. I want, I want. There's a few things I wanna, I wanna point out in episode five, and I want to see if you see how you, what you feel on this. All right, go ahead. I think obviously the very predictable revelation of Reva in episode five, mm. where she turns out she yes she was one of the younglings. We kind of get her plot. She's actually after Vader. Um. Also to. Is it just me, or I understand we're still dealing with a younger a younger Vader, but Vader gets gets played for a fool awful easily. It's not just you. Okay, it it it's not just me. I mean, now now before we continue, let me point out about the Reba thing. If you mm -hmm. really wanted to uh, keep that a surprise, like a you know, Luke, I am your father sort of revelation surprise, you would not have had that opening scene. Exactly. I think that but opening scene... Going back really... to episode one, if you wanted to have that that Reva revelation a shocker on that same level as Empire, uh, which would have been hard to do because, you know... Um, Empire is presented to you as a giant three-course meal, not some, uh, you know, some meal in a crummy takeout uh, box, which I'm sorry is what a streaming service is at the end of the day. But if you wanted that reveal to be a big surprise, that scene opening up uh, the, the first part of this would have been omitted. Yeah, I, and I think that, I think that's something I think I, I wonder if they would looking back on it they would um, make a change on that. One of the other things, obviously, that too, with the opening of this episode was the great 
flashback scene with Obi-Wan and Anakin and the training thing. Yeah, I got some issues there. Well, okay, so let me let me before you, before you express your issues. Okay. I like the idea of a flashback. But you're using Hayden Christensen at the age he is now for this, and you're not even using a little bit of de-aging technology on him. Right. You it, know, it, it, made, it made it feel a little weird. I'm sorry. You know what I was thinking? What's that? Right. And I can't believe I'm going to, you know, uh, paraphrase a Steve Carell reference for this. I was thinking the 40-year-old Padawan. Yeah, it, it, it felt a little off. It was a great fight scene and great, great choreography. Oh, it was a great fight scene, yeah. Now, Obi-Wan, on the other hand, right? <laughs> Granted, you had the Jedi mullet and, you know, love the Jedi mullet. I have grown one myself, but unlike uh, Clone Wars and this, it actually moves. But uh, I'm just like, there's something about the de-aging they did there, or lack thereof. Where I'm like, I'm sorry, did you have to give Obi-Wan the Owen Wilson nose? Yeah. Uh, so I'm like, I enjoyed the scene. And particularly how it's used throughout the episode. The kind of tit-for-tat cat and mouse game. Right? Aspect of this. But the de-aging work, I'm like... I feel I feel like Thor in in Ragnarok. I'm like, did you know? Yeah, no, I I I, I get it. I get it. Um, I I think for me, and this is something one of the aspects of the Obi Wan series overall. But I think in the fifth episode, there's an there's a part of the sixth episode too, and I'll get to it when we get to that. But the fifth episode really stood something out for me, I think, more than any other episode. And it's something that we... Again, I love the series, but there's been one flaw in it, from my opinion, is that common-sense writing. Oh, yeah. They, yeah. They they made you take some exceptional common-sense leaps here mm. that just don't make... To me, don't make sense. And in episode five, there's a few of them that stand out to me. So here's here's what I here's what I'm going to talk talk about. These, okay. these are these are the few things. One, there is no way that transport gets off the planet because Vader would have Tie Fighters all over that planet to make sure no ship got out. Right. Yeah. No. No. Definitely. Um, I think that was a bit pretty big reach. Two, and this ties back to actually to an earlier episode. I didn't realize being run through by a lightsaber was so easily survivable. I didn't either. And no, I'm I sorry, don't... I'm not, I I have an issue with that. Wait, it's not earlier episode, it's this episode. Well, but it also happened to the Grand Inquisitor, and he ends up surviving. Oh, yeah, 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 that. I almost forgot about that guy. Yeah. And but then Reva gets run through, and she's humanoid, as far as we're aware, so... I'm just like, I understand the lightsaber might cauterize the wounds, but yeah, no. You get run through like that, you're not going to be, I don't care how strong you are with the Force. You're well, not going to be up and walking the next episode. Like no, I, I agree, and that's where what, where my critique comes in. I'm like, and we'll get to it when we talk more about episode six, but 
mine was, look, other than getting Owen and Baru together in this thing, but why? That's, that's what I'm asking, but why? You had the perfect part for Reva, the perfect ending, okay? And by the way, didn't the, didn't the original guy who was writing on this series come out and say that was his plan? Yeah, I, I mean, this is, again, there's just some basic common sense writing that was in every mm, episode of yeah. this that left, left like, okay, you're making me, you're asking me to be making a big logic leap. And, right. you know, some people might turn around and say, well, you're Kyle, you're being nitpicky and all that stuff. I'm like, I get it. And I understand that you, you leave a little bit at the door, you leave it a little bit at the door, but they're just, there's some common sense things that you need to just realize. I mean, the... Even though, even though Vader is in charge and he's going down there obsessed with Obi Wan, that is still a military operation, and they're going to follow certain procedures. I'm going to say there's a huge difference between nitpicky and, as Pastor Deadpool would say, that's just lazy writing. And it, it, it's a very. It was my one frustrating thing with the Obi Wan show because obviously I thought Deborah Child did an amazing job directing it. It was oh, obviously yeah. well. It Deborah, was well acted. Deborah was flawless in here, and and I'm just like, okay. By the way, Star Wars, could you give her a movie? Yeah, I, I think I it's mean, coming. Seriously, give her a movie. I don't want her doing any more Disney Plus. She deserves a movie. And while you're at it, serve Bryce Dallas Howard one already, please. Yeah. So, but yeah. So I. Again, this is my quandary as this, as this series has gone on. And episode five, I think, really, truly was kind of the apex for a lot of these issues for me. Yeah. was just, it's so it's so good. And I, I enjoy the acting performances. The young lady who plays Leia steals the show completely. Oh, she is magnificent. As a matter of fact, and, and I'll elaborate more when I'm talking, when we're talking episode six, but I would have preferred... Um, like, other than the whole, like, mimicking the pod race bit, right? Mm -hmm. I would have preferred that Luke not be involved in this at all. Yeah. Well, I, here, here's another thing, too, for me. And I, again, this is, this is coming back to the writing. And let me ask you this. Sure. Do you really feel like there was a fear of the Empire in this episode? Not really, no. I, I just it it, it it just didn't feel like there was a fear of it at all, and I'm like, it's just I I, I don't quite now again be some... and again and Kyle, I'm going to continue to harp on this, whether it's Star Wars or Marvel. Uh, I'm going to continue to harp on this. Part of the lack of no fear of the Empire thing, no feeling that is. I'm sorry when you're watching when you're watching it on a freaking little box, right? Just a little little takeout crummy takeout box, like a TV dinner. Your steaks are diminished. Like that's a certifiable fact. Your steaks are diminished with how small you want to make this thing. Okay, I don't care how well budgets are between movies and shows now that's just certifiable fact just as a human who reacts to things all right 
Now, if this were a movie as it should have been, that would have changed drastically 100%. That would have been 100% different. See, I... I... I understand where you're coming from on this, David, and I, and I, you know, I respect it. I just think in this case, and especially how they handled this Obi-Wan series, and when you look at certain aspects of it, to me, they just filmed each of these episodes as an hour part of a trilogy. Yeah. I, I really think this was a trilogy, and they filmed it that way, and I think Disney put plenty of money behind it. I think everything, the effects hold up, everything like that. I don't think, I don't think, it, I don't think, I can't put Obi-Wan in a limited streaming box like you are, because I think... I think they treated it bigger than that, but right. I think the aspect of it was was that, and is they didn't. I don't think I think they they would have been better off adding one more episode to this, yes. and fleshing out a few and, more things. And Kyle, I'm not I'm not suggesting I'm ungrateful for the fact of what we got, but. And I've talked to enough people about this kind of thing. Just psychologically, as just humans, we respond better and invest better when the size overpowers us. When we overpower it, not exactly the same thing. Yeah. And I, I think something else, too, that, bo that bothered me in this episode was how easily Vader got duped. Yeah, yeah. Uh, half the time I'm wondering, uh, does he have dirt face behind that helmet? He's like, Durr! yeah. I, I mean, so you know, again, I think episode five really, um, kind of stood but, out where the problem. I'll, where tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you something. You and I are old enough to know. You got some more traction on me, but we're both old enough to know. Mm -hmm. That Empire Vader would not have been duped like this. Not yeah, not to that extent. No. No. I mean, even when Han thought he duped him, he didn't dupe him. Now, <laughs> so. now, obviously, we found out that he was duped by a guy who looks like a looks like a syphilis disease wrapped up in a robe. Yeah, but um, one thing that I I do want to give some praise on though too is I want to go back to Hayden Christensen because. Dude has definitely put in his work to make his make his performance as a Jedi and using and his fighting skills. I've so much improved from the prequel trilogies. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, I'm glad you brought that up because I want to pivot into this you know issue or or you know feeling that I just need to get out of right. Mm -hmm. Look, I I I respect George, right? Mm -hmm. Probably the George that was the George. Now I have a I have a bit of a hard time trying to find respect for, but those for are for reasons I'm never gonna go public with. So just get used to it, folks. But I respect George and respect what he did, but these these six episodes we have of Kenobi highlighted and and you see a lot of it in like the flashback you know the friendship aspect highlighted a few issues that the prequels just glaringly had and never 
even with three films, right? You know, they were issues that the prequels uh, never improved upon. Yeah, no, um, I, I think, I think, I think the issue with, I go back to this all the time with the prequels. The issue with the prequels is this. There was too yeah. much story to be there. The prequels were saved by Clone Wars, expanding upon the stories, developing right. the characters more. Right. No, I agree wholeheartedly with that. I think what I'm what I'm getting at, and I'll zero in on this one one kind of detail, is you 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 as much as I think okay, you wanted to to you know shock with the Reva thing, you wouldn't have had that first scene. But what I love about it. You know, watching it in context, though, now that the whole series is done and we're sitting with it, is it really highlights what episode three really didn't do much of, which is just show how far Anakin has turned. Yeah. Like, well, case, and, uh... like case in point, I know, you know, the, 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 um, the thing with good art your, you know, your imagination is more powerful than anything that could be put up on screen. But when uh, you get the uh, Master Skywalker, there are too many of them. What are we to do? And and you know, Anakin's Anakin sort of uh, you know combination derp holding and a fart face, whatever that was. And you see the saber ignite, the kid move back. That's not enough. That's not enough as far as the context of what should have been there. Not that I want to see that that kind of thing, no. But what should have been there to show, you know, you could even show it cleanly. You don't have to go all like Homeland or the boys or anything like that. Goodness, no. But... You needed that context to basically show how far Anakin has fallen. Yeah, well, I th I think the other 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 thing too, and I think this is actually where I agree with a little bit of the inconsistency people feel there were with Vader. It, it's still showing that it, even though it's Vader, it's still a young Vader in the aspect of there's still some of that Anakin overzealousness oh, within absolutely. him. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. And I think I think all that 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 one of the things of this series that a lot of people aren't talking about is, I think this series was just as so much about the maturation of Vader as it was Obi Wan kind of recovering from the events of Episode Three. Mm -hmm. So from almost from being basically invited to the barbecue where he was the barbecue. Yeah. Well, and I mean, so I, I think there's that, but I mean, there's just certain aspects that still felt off, and like I said. I think my biggest problem with this episode was everything was very tropey. You know, um, Obi-Wan giving everything to Camille and Johnny's character, and then he drops the communicator for oh, Riva to find. And... Oh, you know what? Let me talk about, and and don't get me wrong, I love Camille and Johnny, mm -hmm. but I think his character should have stayed in episode two, and that was it. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. You know, because, I, I think... because I'm sorry, to take him from that, which was effectively your sort of Lando con man of the, of the series, right? Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. and then to basically slowly bring him down into um as you're as you're playing at trophy mode i'm like did we really need to do that yeah no i i i get it but you know it's it's just i think that i think that episode five is it's has it's great it has some great moments it has some good moments but i think the biggest issue with episode five for me is it falls into a lot of tropes oh we have a problem with the doors the only person who can go in there and fix it is leia yeah yeah um, you know now i will say that was that was probably the the cutest most redeeming value among the the sort of you know land of tropes as it were because uh vivian you know I hope, look, I hope they keep this kid around. I hope we get um, a series with some teenage Leah years because I think that would be a blast. I still think, uh, oh, I don't know. If you watch Stranger Things, you have the perfect Leia to play some post-Return of Jedi stuff, but um, more on that later. <laughs> yeah. But... Um, so I just hope they keep Vivian around because oh, so I think they will. Maybe some oh, dude. I know, you know, keep Vivian around. A show of a teenage Leia getting in the same hijinks as her parents, but her parents don't want her to. And you could introduce a um, a sort of teenage hold, a teenage holdo kind of, mm. you know, uh, flush out more of that friendship. Or, you know, even if we have a season two of Obi-Wan, you know, they could tell Leia's story during season two of Obi-Wan. Well, they, they do have, what is it in the timeline before A New Hope? It's effectively nine years. Yeah. So, I mean, they could, they could even run, they could, there's a, there's thing they have room to do some things. You could, you could plug in, uh, you know, not just one, but you could plug in at least, you know, two more of these. Yeah, I, I think they'll get one more. I don't know if they'll get two, but it, it yeah, all I know up. I know two's wishful thinking, but you could yeah. at least plug in one more. Yeah, but, but let's let's move on to episode six, the finale, because right. I think I think there's this is where we have a lot of stuff to chew on and talk about here because yeah, cool. I love I I I love this finale. I think it was one of the best fight sequences in Star Wars history. It was, I, yeah. I think there's some incredible moments in it. Again, though, I'm going to go back. There's a couple of logic leaps that I'm going to talk about. But, I mean, to be honest with you, this finale hit every note it needed to hit. And I think there's things that we need to pull out that are very important that we pull out of this finale. It did. It did. And and I'm just going to say I enjoyed it better than, than uh, you know, the finale in Revenge of the Sith. Not because of, you know, any... Uh, anti-George stance, so internet, if you're thinking that, stop it. But mainly because I, when you take away the setting of where it is, right, it mm -hmm. being the fight in episode three, take that away, you know, because George, after a while, became so, so focused on the spectacle where he could go. But when you do that and you take that out of it, what you're left with is these two men fighting. 
And that's really what we want. Well, and I think the important thing of this, obviously, I'm going to hit. I'm going to hit the big point first. Is that go ahead? One, it was really a great way to get both characters to a to another level. In, it was, in yeah. Ob- obviously in Obi Wan's case, it was to get him back to being fully Obi Wan Kenobi, maybe even a little bit more powerful from the experience of it. Him finding hope, him finding a reason to be a Jedi again, him. Right. him, him him finding his reason to go on and even getting up that level to where he's able to accomplish something, which we'll get to before we close out the show. But I also think you flipped the coin on Vader because I think in defeat, we, one, we really truly get our first aspect of where Vader, where, what, just the almost split personality of Vader and Anakin. And where Vader, so when Vader literally talks about killing Anakin, that's how he feels as, as Vader. Um, and just, but that lot, but in losing to Obi-Wan the way he does here, I think it even pushes him to a new level and maybe takes that, some of that obsessions out of Vader. It does. Yeah. Yeah. It takes some and of the wind out of his sails, I think. It, it makes Vader become more of that pure evil threat that we know vader as yes we saw evil vader in this series without a doubt but i think it pushed vader up to another level it's an absolutely gorgeous fight scene and it's 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 just it was it's like i said it's one of my favorite uh lightsaber duels in star right in star Wars, it is not mine too. my favorite you know what i found a little uh ridiculous but i like how they they changed the perspective a bit and I only say ridiculous because of what it reminded me of. Uh, you know when Vader uh, is uh, throwing himself to the ground and he, and his hands on the rocks and he you know mm-hmm. Obi Wan he basically buries Obi Wan alive. What it reminded and I'm glad Vader didn't stop his boot down. And I'll point this out why. What it reminded me of was and. And again, this isn't just one of the god-awful Fast and Furious movies, because they pretty much all are. But what it reminded me of was when um, Dominic Toretto and Jason Statham's uh, character, uh, Shaw, are Mm -hmm. fighting. And uh, Dom just, you know, stomps down and then the whole bridge collapses. Yeah. I'm just like... Oh, God, the whole bridge collapses. I'm like, Jesus Christ. You know, but let's let's talk about that a little bit because, you know, I've had a couple, I've heard a couple of people say, oh, why didn't Vader finish Kenobi off? This is the aspect of Vader they were trying to get to was Vader's own hubris. He thought he had defeated him. He he wasn't, he he thought he had crushed Kenobi in in other ways and that that was it. Yeah. And then for Kenobi to come back like he did, and one of the things I absolutely loved in this sequence is when the mask gets destroyed, we have it where his voice is changing from Anakin's to Vader. Which I thought was just beautiful sound work. Yeah, and, you know, all the credit in the world to Hayden Christensen, he was phenomenal in this episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, no doubt but, about that. But uh, here's, the thi- here's I, the thing. I, for one, can't wait to see what he brings to Ahsoka, whatever the involvement is there. Yeah, I, I've got to assume it's mostly flashback work. So Probably, we'll, we'll be, yeah. It was a, but here's my one thing, David, and here's where I get one of my writer holes in in this in this episode. 
before we talk about the other writer holes, but go ahead. Well, yeah. I'm sorry. If I am Obi-Wan Kenobi and I have Vader right there in front of me, he's confirmed to me he's completely Vader. We know how evil he is. We've already seen it. Why aren't you taking Vader out? Well, because episode four exists. Well, I understand that. But, I mean, in a common logical sense. Right. In a con okay, okay. Let's address the question a different way. All right. Because, well, here, let me, let me, let me put this in. We know we're we've got ourselves in a hole because we know we have to get to episode four and everything. Right. With yeah. No. Absolutely. And that's that's why I was going to bring up Kyle. We got to look at it as a if Star Wars had never happened, like never happened. And granted, you know, uh, fans would probably not be acting like children today. But let's look at this, you know, logically, shall we? Had Star Wars never happened at all? And you just had this kind of conflict, right? That ended your series. It's the first time we're hearing about Obi Wan Kenobi, and you and first time we're being introduced to these two. Logically, you know, if nothing else had existed that's attached to it, you would have had Obi Wan Kenobi take Vader out. Yeah, and I mean, I. I think there was some better ways to write that story to where maybe Obi-Wan like what thought he was leaving him to die or Obi-Wan just couldn't get to him for whatever reason to well, finish thought, him off. Thought, thought, thought he left him to die. Dude, that would essentially have been what he did a movie ago and that didn't work. Well, exactly. But what I'm saying though is it's like, you know, he he left Ob he left Vader in this position where he didn't think he could escape and Vader we see Vader escape or something like that. It just Oh I oh I, I see where you're saying. I see where you're getting that. So I just I just I mean that's just again, that's just a writing hole in my opinion. Again, I I, I people that's probably being a little nitpicky, but I mean that's that's just where I'm coming from right. there. But I mean No, I see where you're getting that. Yeah. Now to me that was the Big issue for me in this episode with the writing of now, it. Now, <laughs> um, you know what I was thinking oh, during the, the fight, even when I was re-watching this before recording? Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, my God, why why did Star Wars just do their equivalent of Aang versus the Fire Lord? Oh, there's a little bit of that in there, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, although, you know what? When Obi Wan's doing the rock bit, clearly, clearly the song Jedi Rocks makes more sense now. Anyway, <laughs> but when Obi Wan's doing the rock bit, all I can hear is from a completely different movie. All I can hear is um, Ra's Al Ghul's voice going, "You took my advice about theatricality literally, didn't you?" Yeah. Uh. <laughs> hey, come on, man! That that just—there <laughs> is no way you can watch that and not think that now. I was trying to avoid that in my head, but you know. <laughs> Why? That's like the only. Aside from Dark Knight, uh, you know, Batman Begins and Dark Knight; those are like the only two good Nolan movies. Yeah. Well, you know. I mean, come it, on. Having a villain sound like a combination of Darth Vader and, um, and, 
Sean Connery's love child was just weird. Yeah, a little bit, but you know, it it it, it is what it is. I but... know it's better than that big bloated baney pickle they tried to pass off as bane twenty years before, mm. or thirty or whatever that was. Yeah. But, no, I mean, to me, though, with everything else in this episode, I think everything else hit the notes it needed to. I think we got some great moments with Leia uh, getting the blaster holster and wearing that at the end of the episode. Oh, that and... was adorable. Especially when she was putting Lola in it. Yeah. And that then was adorable, also, man. And then also uh, Kenobi telling her about her parents. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was a great moment. And even at the end for Kenobi, when he goes to see... Now, oh, now wait, wait, the, wait, episode, wait a minute. Before we get yeah. to that, wait just one minute. Uh, now you were talking, um, you know, plot holes and better ways to address. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am going to bring this up because it was one of those sort of for for some fans, not like Star Wars fans do this. But for some fans, it was a little eye-raising, like, okay, Leia sends the message. How is it not, you know, that kind of thing. I think they addressed it perfectly in dialogue. Yeah, I, th- I think I think so, too. Um, yeah. You know, here's the other thing, though. Let's, let's get to it. When we're talking about writing holes, we addressed it when we talked about episode five. Let's talk right. about it now. Um there is a serious issue with the time breakdown with everything with Reba in this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm okay. I'm just going to say it nice and I'm, I'm going to pull back a bit and add what I talked about in episode one. All right. Mm-hmm. We are talking how the character is used, not the actress, how the character is used. Moses Ingram was nothing short of great in this whole entire series. So we're not talking about Moses Ingram. All right. We're talking about how the character is used, particularly in this last part of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah. And, and, and here's my, th- here's my thing, David. And this is, this is to me where the, again, the writing just, there's aspects that bug me. One, Reba got run through. Yeah, no, she did. It wasn't like she got hit with in the side with a saber, some burns, maybe some a little bit of flesh room. She got run through, and yet she's up on Tatooine hunting down Owen and, and Luke and Baru. All I got to say is, can I get some of that um, dark side health insurance plan? Because damn. Yeah, no, I agree. And before anybody says it, because I know they will, and they will say it about a certain smuggler, I'm like, the planet blew up. But here, here's, I mean, unless you it's stop like, that book. You know what I mean? It's like, sure, he got run through, but the planet blew up. You know, and, unless you stop somewhere and and found one of those quick uh, ban- uh, back to tanks or something like that, but I mean, yeah, there's, I'm sorry, that that was a stretch. You mean for me. just the back to pod floating there? And... Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, that that was a bit of a stretch. As injured as she was, for her to get to Tatooine so fast, and I don't care how if you have hyperspace or not, for Obi Wan to get to Tatooine so fast and get to that location that fast, mm-hmm. I'm like. You're you're pu- you're pushing my limits here just a little bit. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just just a smidge. You know, and... I, it almost it, it almost is like the the SNL church lady of how convenient. Well, and I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. That whole part, in some ways, felt tacked on. Like, well, like, like I was saying, it felt tacked on to get Owen and Baru actually in this thing. More right. so Baru. Because for the majority of the first five episodes, we're like, wait, does Baru even exist? Yeah, and so it was just... It just felt like it was kind of a little bit shoehorned into the story. It's like, oh well, we got to wrap this up. I would have much, what I would have much rather had was an episode. We finished with the Kenobi Vader thing. We had another episode that dealt with that aspect of it. You could have fleshed it out a little more. Had a little bit of time pass where Reva's going for her revenge on Kenobi by going after Luke and Owen. And but I mean, they just it, it could have been handled a little differently, and it just felt like okay, we just got to kind of wedge this wedge this in here. And like I said, I there's aspects of it that worked and what I like, but it just it 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 wasn't you when you just have this high of what happened between Obi Wan and Vader, and then to go to that, it kind of felt like it let a little bit of the air out of. Yeah, I can things. see that. Let, let some of the wind out of the sails. Yeah, it, it's like you went from this. Deflated yeah. like a New England, New England Patriots football. Yeah, so Th- I that mean, joke's never getting old. By the way, never. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, and again, that's just it's it's writing choices, and I I understand it and things like that. It just it just it, it felt a little off to me, and I just again I'm not knocking Moses Ingram because I think she did, she, you know, she did everything with the character that she could. Right. I just we're not we're not knocking Moses Ingram. One, she did. I re- she did phenomenal throughout this whole series, and two, neither you nor I, Kyle, subscribe to the contingent of fandom that are goddamn fucking out of their mind. Well, I think I think the other aspect of the, the and this is for me was, I just never felt really that connected to the Reba character. I think it, she was she was very it was things certain things were a little bit too predictable with her, and just it never it never rang quite true to me. And that's, you know, it, that is something that I walk way out of this Obi-Wan series. Is this like, Reba never felt like a, the threat she should have been. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Yeah. You know, I, so, I did feel it's almost a half and half thing with Reba because, uh, you know, I can see what they were doing. They were trying to humanize uh, a section of of characters who aren't human. Right, but I think I think the other aspect of this is, is this is actually you, you see what yeah, I mean. No, though? I see what I, I see what you mean. But here, I guess here's here's the other thing. Because of rebels, we had a respect and fear of the inquisitors and the power they welded. Right. Yeah. And 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 they they got their. They got the rug pulled out from under them in this series. Let's be honest. Well, uh, to be honest, when you bring in Vader, it's like who cares about these other guys? Well, I, I understand, but you could. Again, this is this is where it comes back to some writing where you could have made. It, 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 it's almost like a video game. You could have made the Inquisitors like the the mid bosses where they were powerful and they were a tough fight, right. and then you know Vader's. 
the Mike Tyson at the end of Punch Out or something like that. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah. But to me, to me, this it's like that you bring in the Inquisitors and they, they really, it's it's just like we don't know what to do with these characters. Right. Yeah. No. I I getcha. I getcha. And and I loved the idea of the Inquisitors, especially because you you want to be sparse how you use uh, the big guy. Yeah. Um, and the Inquisitors felt like a perfect mechanism to do that. But something about the translation, and I'm not talking about physical translation, you know, from the um, Grand Inquisitor Rebels look to Rupert Friends Inquisitor uh, Kenobi look. I am not talking about that. But the actual translation going from, you know, how they were seen in Rebels as opposed to how we were seen in this, uh, yeah, how they were seen in this, there seems to have been a little disconnect. Yeah, and I, I, I think, I, I think this is just one of the aspects, and I think this is, you know, Dave, we talked about this, and it was one of my big fears for the show was because of the time frame and yeah. the restrictions that the time frame put on. I really feel like the writers wanted to take more chances, and they didn't. Hmm. I think they. I, I'm kind of feeling like the writers respectfully did what they needed to do with the canon. No, I, I, I think they could have pushed the envelope a little more. Yeah. Now here's an obvious question, and <laughs> given what I do for a living, it's, it's you know, you understand where I'm coming from with it. But uh, do you think that's format? from uh you know would be movie to series uh six episodes or just you know it's sandwiched in too too tight of a box versus clone wars where you're a pretty good distance between movie and movie i i think you just hit it's option two because i really do feel like this would have been an issue whether it was in the in the theaters or in on on a streaming service this this, this, you, you, this is you got a small window to work in. You've got a lot of history that's already been established and that fans have in their mind. Mm. And I think you're really in a no-win situation. Again, I think they handled it pretty well for the most part. Oh, I yeah, think there's yeah, some. There, yeah. I think I think there have been some. There's a possibility for expansion of directions, uh-huh. but I think they also were very much pigeonholed by episode three to episode four and things that happened in rebels that are canon. Ah, like the whole inquisitor being run. through. Exactly. And so I just think, I think that there were, they, they would, I think there's still, I think this is this. And this goes back to something I've been talking about for a while, David, this is why they need to get out of the Skywalker saga timeline, because then they have the flexibility to do what they want and do, do, do what they Want to want to do an experiment? No, I, and I it, generally agree with you. I'm gonna counter that and be like, "Yeah, you know what? Uh, uh, that's not gonna happen because look at, you know." And I'm gonna use this just as an example of the idea. Look at um, you know the Marvel side, where I've been saying for years the same thing you're saying. You gotta get out of the shadow of Stark being the core center of your problem. 
No, and I, I think I think Marvel is because working of, that way. Well, because effectively he has been the core yeah, well, of every problem. Yeah, he's he has been, and I I think they're working working away from that. But I think and and the reason why I'm saying that is because here is if you're going to do stuff in the Skywalker saga timeline, you do need to do more things like Solo and Andor, where you're dealing with either so early in the character's creation or a character that we really haven't had a good chance to develop and which, that you have which a little is bit more also, Which is also, by the way, adjacent to, but not fully in, it's adjacent to everything that you know Luke gets involved with later. Yeah, and and the aspect of it being and this is and this, and this is always always the restrictions you're going to have with Kenobi. You don't have a lot of wiggle room. No, you don't. You know, if they do a Crimson Dawn series, you have rig, you have wiggle room. If you, but if when you take a character like Kenobi who is so kind of set in stone in certain points, it's 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 it's, it's the old Doctor Who thing. It's a fixed moment in time. You can't change it. Right. Yeah. And I, I think that's kind of what, in some ways, what's happened with Kenobi. I mean, to me, even at the end of the episode, and let's get to it now, um, as great as it was to see Liam Neeson back as Qui-Gon, that's a big game changer in the history of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not quite sure. I mean, by the way... And the internet would get mad if I didn't say love about it. We do get a little, uh, you know, hello there to cap off the series. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, I, I mean, I think this is where you can do a Kenobi season two, though, because I think what you can do is tell the story of Kenobi getting up his next Jedi level to where he to where he's at. In episode four, I think you can tell that story, but it's yeah. got to stay on ta- it's got to stay on Tatooine, and it might even deal with him doing something, <sighs> some things to protect a, and or guide a young Luke from afar. Right. But I, I think I think you're just that's that's been the issue for me with Kenobi is that you run a you're pigeonholed and you're yeah. in such a tight window. Yeah. And I think you're, and I think overall, even though the the things I've brought up about certain plot holes and stuff like that like that is that those plot holes I don't think affected Kenobi the character that much as it was just you know certain times you're, you're connected by what happens in episode four other times it's just you know some general common sense where you can you can write write things a little bit smarter right. than what they yeah, did yeah you're definitely a pigeonhole no matter what direction you go in but I think I mean when I when I look back on Kenobi as a whole it's it's a fan, it's a fantastic performance by all the actors Hugh McGregor it was so great seeing him back as Obi-Wan Kenobi and seeing the stuff with Vader. But again, I would, I would have liked to have seen, it makes me wonder if we were to ever go back and actually, what if, what if George had started with the, in order with episode one and we were getting this stuff in order as it was coming out instead of bouncing around in the timeline. It makes me wonder how we would uh, see this differently. Or, or let me let me even put it let me even put it this way, for somebody who is getting introduced to Star Wars for the first time now and literally watches it in the proper chronological order, mm-hmm. and that's their first experience with it, do they see it differently than people like us who have experienced the original the original trilogy first and then gone gone through everything 
kind of out of a chronological order. And so I, I'm, I'm curious, you know, maybe this is just just an aspect of being the age that I that we are, David, and and what how we have had our Star Wars experience. Kyle, it's exactly the the aspect of of the age we are. Um, and I'll just say, kids today would experience it very differently because one they one kids today don't give a shit. Uh, they just don't. And two, they don't come in with this cynicism baggage that fans have been so stupid to latch on to. Well, and I, I mean, that, and that's, that's all part of it. And I think, you know, I think it's something that we look back now, too, is just with a franchise like Star Wars that's gone on for so long that it has, and it's mm. so multi-generational, yeah. and has, each generation has their own place of Star, own version of Star Wars that they have. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. And, and that's a great and wonderful thing, but on the flip side of that is when you have a property like this, it's going to be a reflection of what's going on in the times you're in at the moment when it's created. Right. And guess what? Those sensibilities and those times change and it's going to be reflected in the show itself and with the creators behind it. And so Star Wars, there's not another franchise like Star Wars that covers from 19, the 1970s till now. Right. There just no, isn't. No. Not as far as on our screens, on our televisions, there isn't. Yeah, we've had some remakes, we've had some things like this, but a concurrently running story that started in the 1970s that is still running and being told today there's right. not there's nothing else out there like that right no i agree and and uh <laughs> this is why when when everyone wants to you know because you know how fans love to rewrite history uh especially when they're getting their cinematic tickle pickled by you know a certain marvel franchise right now um but this is why i love that you know, when fans want to rewrite history and throw Lucasfilm right under the bus, I'm like, nah, nah. I, I always go back to the point you just made, Kyle. There's no other franchise that gone on this lawn telling, uh, you know, one cohesive story, whether it's, whether it's cohesive as in volume and that bounces around, who knows. But it is one big you know, cohesive thing from like the 1970s to now. Yeah, I, 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 look, Marvel is, you know, look, I enjoy Marvel as much as the next guy. Mm -hmm. I have a Marvel cast on this channel. But Marvel is, as far as longevity, got a long way to go cinematically to catch up to where this franchise well, is okay so let me, let me address that because I, I think that's that's something that needs to be discussed mm -hmm. real quick here david i know before we go completely offline but i think it reflects with this obi-wan series mar you've got to remember marvel isn't even marvel technically the mcu is not even 20 years old yet no no the mcu no. but the mcu has put out more content than star wars has to this point that part i agree with and begrudgingly but, but, but that part but, i agree but, but, with 
but but the difference being, David, is there's a lot there was a lot more content for the MCU to tap into. They had all you, all these decades of comic books. True. And, but it was but here and but hear me out. Let me finish my point here. Right. But again, it's still condensed within the, let's right now let's say a 15 year window. Yeah, and Kyle, I'll just counter that as the the decades of comic books you were talking about. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of the I'll just say a lot of the Marvel movies have been better mainly because. Yeah, a lot of that stuff in those comic books would not work well if it was translated to screen. Yeah, well, but but the other aspect with this, like the one on one directly, you know. Yeah. Well, but what I'm what I'm saying is, and this is this is the point I'm getting to, is that Marvel is still in a, like I said, it's not even two decades old. The MCU no. itself is not even two, so it's still falling in the realm of yes, sensibilities have changed over this 15 years, but they haven't changed as drastically as what has happened with Star Wars over over its lifetime in being putting things out on TV and the big screen. Right, so you no, have to take that you have to take that into consideration. And here's the other thing, and this is what it boils down to. I will be the first to say, and I'm a huge Marvel fan, and I've been a fan of Marvel comics because I, the first thing I ever remember reading was a Spider-Man comic. So right. yes, I do have I do have some Marvel bias, but I'm going to say this, and I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's out of line right now to say I think Marvel Studios and the MCU worldwide is probably the most known IP property out there right now, right now. Star Wars is a close, it's 1A, 1B. But here, here's here's the difference. And this is, this is why when they tried to do Star Wars in a Marvel manner when Disney took over, mm-hmm. it didn't work. Is because Marvel has taken their sensibilities from a modern sensibility standpoint. You know, the first Iron Man movie was, you know, 15 years ago. Right. The sensibilities right. were already in place. Star Wars had a different set of sensibilities already established. Right. And to try Star to change Wars those sensibilities. sensibilities go back to the 70s. Right. Marvel's sensibilities, movie wise, just looking at movie wise, yeah, I'm just go talking back Marvel to 2008. Studios. Right. So what I'm saying here, David, is this they're two different things. And Marvel has created something that I don't think anybody else can match. I think the I think what the what they quote unquote try to call the Marvel system is unique to Marvel and only works for Marvel. And Kevin Kevin Feige has built this amazing thing. Whether you like it, whether you like it or dislike it, if if you can't credit that it's something I don't think anybody ever thought would even be accomplished in the first place, you, you you're you're a blind fool. But you can't make Star Wars Marvel either, and you can't say because there's the, the sensibilities are too different. You know, and we we've had this conversation all week off off mic too, because we were talking about all the reveals of Marvel at San Diego Comic Con, where Star Wars is kind of lacking in the film department. Yes, I would like to see Star Wars make some plan, announce some more set confirmed plans in the film department, because I wa- I do want to see Star Wars on the big screen. I love having Star Wars shows on Disney Plus that complement yeah. the movies and and, and complement that universe. But I still want to gonna... have my Star Wars on the big screen as well. All I'm just going to say with, you know, you brought up San Diego Comic-Con. Come on. I don't want, I don't want to see, you know, um, you know, Star Wars back with San Diego Comic-Con. I'm like, I don't think it needs it at this point. 
Well, I, I'm going to be honest with you. When I think I think this the MCU the, their panel was as a favor to San Diego Comic Con to help it get back on right. track after right. COVID. I think this was exactly my point. I think this was Disney throwing a bone to San Diego to get Comic Con back on track. Because if this had been a normal Comic-Con in a normal year, whatever the hell that is, you know, you would have seen that uh, Star Wars not at Comic-Con, Marvel not at Comic-Con. Everything would have been pulled back for Disney's D23. Yeah, I I, I, I agree. Or you might have not, you would have had some Marvel announcements at Comic-Con because it is Comic-Con. But right. you wouldn't have had what you had, like you had this year. No, this this was like the 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 nuclear fire before uh, the the nuclear marvel fire at Comic Con before Disney bought it. Yeah, wouldn't you agree so, with that? Yeah, I, I would agree. And you know, again, it, I think it also it always comes back to one other thing is is I I think. When Disney acquired Marvel, the Marvel Studios were already at a position of strength. Yeah. And when they acquired Star Wars, Star Wars was definitely not... Lucasfilm was not at a position of strength. (laughs) Compared to where Marvel was. Well, uh, you know, I I don't really compare the two, but sure. Well, no, I'm just saying as far as... Because I think... No, 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 I understand, but they're... they're When you start comparing the two, you just walk into a hornet's nest. Well, no, but it's, I'm not... It, it's a comparison of where they were at at the time Disney acquired them. No, I agree. I, yeah, I agree, I, because, you know, Marvel was at this big, uh, you know, endless train, and I'm sorry, like them or not, you know, have problems with them or not. George basically left Star Wars kind of on life support. Oh, yeah, he did, and he kind of left it hanging. And, and, I'm, it, yeah. and I, for one, am glad this one project is gone, because if detours had come out, I'm sorry, I'm just going to say Star Wars would have been a laughing stock joke. Well, you know... It, 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 it it is what it is. We're at where we're at right now, and that's what I know. Play. I know. I know. But, but had I, D tours happened, I'm sorry, you'd be you'd be more pissed than anyone complaining on Twitter years later about the sequel trilogy. Well, I I look at it now, and and we are where we are. I, I'm D23 is coming up. We're going to find out a lot more. I think as far as the Star Wars direction, then right. We're here to talk Kenobi. We, we we've talked the episodes. I, I'm going to say this. I think Obi-Wan Kenobi was one of the better Star Wars Disney Plus series that we've gotten. I still would not rank. I I would still put uh, Mandalorian um, Season 2 above it, personally. I think Mandalorian Season 2 is probably the best season of Star Wars stuff Disney Plus has done. Right. I would put put Mandalorian Season 2 and Kenobi. I definitely rewatch Kenobi more than I do Mando Season 1. Yeah, well, and, and I think that's kind of just where I'm at with it. Really? Um, I, th- I think getting Ewan McGregor back, getting Hayden back, it's it's been a it's been a wonderful ride, and we found a new young star with Vivian in in, in this as well, and hopefully she's mm-hmm. got a bright future ahead of her. Very, it's, yeah. 
You know, and so by I, the way, I am so glad Star Wars fans will actually praise you when you actually start, you know, doing something right. That you didn't give Vivian the same kind of reception as, say, oh, I don't know, Jake Lloyd. Yeah, well, you know, I, I think we've I think I'm we sorry. have grown past I'm that. sorry, I love you guys, but back then when you did that, that was just dumb. Yeah, well, you know, I think I think we've grown past it when it comes to certain things, but yeah, well, hopefully. But I mean, I mean, over overall, I think, like I said, I think Obi Wan is a great addition to the Star Wars universe. I think like it I is, said, yeah. I think all the credit in the world goes to Deborah Chow. She was phenomenal directing it. I I think the issues with it were more on the writing side than anything else. And I think, but I I think overall, and and I know I've kind of picked on it in this ep in this episode and prior episodes, the right. The issues with the writing to me don't destroy the series. It's just no, it's some little things that you just have to put it put to a side and 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 go with. And that's that's where we're at with it right now. And you know what? I, I, for anybody who hated it, don't you don't have to rewatch it. If you loved it, rewatch it as much as you want. I mean, that's right. the nice thing about it. And it's going to be interesting to see. We've got Andor just right around the corner. Something totally different from the Star Wars universe. And I, it's something I'm really looking forward to because we're going to get ourselves in a place where, um, yeah, we, we're going to see a. Even though we're still in within the Skywalker saga, we're going to see something new for Star Wars. Well, we're getting we're getting something with Andor that you know George never really did. Actually, make something called Star Wars have a goddamn war in it. Yeah. Well, we're getting we're, we're or at least the pre prelude to a war because we know we got a 12 episode season and a season two for Andor. so mm-hmm. I, but I, we're gonna see the dark and dirty we're gonna see the dirty side of the rebellion and it's gonna be interesting yeah but i find it funny that um you know uh that uh with something called star wars it's taken was it been 45 years to actually get an actual war in it oh well you know we're, we're, yeah. we'll get there eventually <laughs> I know, I know. It just seems weird. It is a time of rebellion. It is a time of revolution. It is a time that has been since he was six years old. Satisfied. They're everywhere. They're watching me now. Soon enough, these days will end. There will be no rules going forward. Up. Who for a 
case for rebellion. That's what a reckoning sounds like. A Fandom Awakens Radio spin-off podcast. Coming soon. Uh, all right, so again, that'll bring us to the end of uh, this episode and effectively the end of Kenobi cast of Dunes and Jolene Lace. Uh, thank you for joining us on this uh, little journey as, as late as it is with um, this last one. But, you know, <laughs> things, what can I say? Things happen. Sith happens. I, I guess, I don't know. Uh, Kyle, you're familiar with that concept, I'm yeah. sure. Oh, too much so, too much so. <laughs> uh, absolutely. So, Kyle, thank you for joining me as always, and uh, we will be back on the uh, regular uh, episodes of Fandom Awakens Radio doing our pre-discussion for Andor. It should be a really, really interesting uh breakdown chat yeah well in, in the meantime too i gotta go hire a lawyer you don't know how any lawyers that are big and green that i can possibly get a retainer on uh you know what sorry yoda i think i love someone who's uh green but actually bigger than you well mm -hmm. you know all right gang uh thanks again and remember may the force be with you Thanks for listening to KenobiCast of Sands and Junlin Wastes, a Fandom Awakens Radio spinoff podcast covering Obi-Wan Kenobi. 
streaming exclusively on Disney+. Star Wars is a subsidiary of the Walt Disney Company. This podcast is meant for informational purposes only. All rights reserved. And infringement is not intended.